What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Game of Thrones season here on Say Mac Reviews. As always, I'm your host, Chris, and this is the show about all things movie and TV. Every week, I get my thoughts and reactions to the newest releases, built up franchises like Game of Thrones, and even upcoming projects. You can support the show by hitting that follow button on your favorite podcast network, as well as following it on all social media platforms. All those handles can be found on the Cinematic Reviews Facebook page or the show's website at podpage.com backslash Cinematic Reviews. It helps out a lot, and I really do appreciate all the love and support out there from everyone. Today, we return to Westeros for Season 7 of the hit HBO series. I'll be breaking down each of the seven episodes of that season. But before I get into that, let's talk about some facts about Game of Thrones Season 7. Season 7, like I said, consisted of only seven episodes that aired on HBO from July 16 to August 27th of 2017. Each episode cost roughly $10 million again, but with the small episode count, the total season budget went from $100 million to $70 million. No special effects were used in the scene where Arya Stark pulls off the Walder Frey mask. Maisie Williams wears a latex max of David Bradley's face, who plays Walter Frey in the series. The painter scene creating a map of Westeros on the floor of the Kings of the Red Keep is Jim Staines, the original designer of the map. Creating the montage of Samuel Tarley performing tasks around the Citadel took three weeks of shooting in 10-second bursts. The winding steps leading up to Dragonstone is an actual location in Spain. The Marine period, uh, Pyramid Throne Room, uh, seen in previous seasons, was repurposed into the Dragonstone Throne Room for this season. Uh, this is the first season where we see uh, Dragonstone uh, outside of that uh, original room where the, uh, the giant map table is. So that was cool to see more of Dragonstone finally in this season. Uh, in Season 7, Daenerys' dragons are the size of a Boeing 747. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Boeing 747, that is freaking huge. That is a monster, monster uh, vehicle. So these dragons are just enormous in size uh, in this season. Ian Glenn, who plays Jorah in the series, wore rubber prosthetics uh, on his upper torso during the grayscale scenes. Uh, it took four makeup artists roughly four hours a day to apply it. Uh, the pus was pumped out uh, through tubes. That were concealed in the prosthetics during the uh, the scene where Samwell uh, cuts into uh, the grayscale. Jacob Anderson, who plays Great Worm in the series, wore a modesty sock on his private parts during that sex scene between Grey Worm and Missandei. Amelia Clark films her scenes of riding Drogon while riding a moving rodeo bull type rig in front of a green screen in Belfast. Eight cameras were shooting simultaneously during that loot train scene uh, in the Spoils of War episode. That scene also set a record for the most stunt performers set on fire during a single shot, which is now 20. Uh, and then lastly, Sir Beric Dondarrion's flaming sword is actually two swords. Uh, one that he draws and then one that is lit on fire. The fire effect is all done in camera. There are no special effects used uh, on that sword. Well, that's all the game of facts that I have for you today. Uh, let's head over to my overall thoughts of Season 7.
So I've always uh, been kind of down on season seven, but I had a blast uh, actually rewatching it for the show today. Uh, I have a lot more respect for it now. Uh, season six is still, I think, the best season of the series, but season seven is definitely going to take a decent spot in the rankings. Uh, the action is incredibly well done. The music hits really, really hard, especially during those reunion scenes. Um, I love most of the characters in here, uh, and I still love the story, even though I know where this is leading to, which is really, really unfortunate. Um, the two characters I absolutely hate uh, in this season are Cersei Lannister and Peter Baelish, a.k.a. Littlefinger. Uh, Cersei is just selfish and blind to the world around her. She has one goal in life, and that's to achieve more power. She will never, ever, ever be satisfied for what she has. Unfortunately, this brings down the Jamie character, who I actually think is a great character. Uh, Jamie is really compelling, especially in this season. Yeah, he's done some fucked up shit throughout the uh, the series, but he's trying to be better in his own weird, kind of messed up way. Uh, he ultimately decides to join the fight against the Night King uh, at the end of this season, which is, I think, the right decision. Uh, Cersei hangs back, of course, and continues to be consumed with her lust for power in King's Landing, while everyone else is trying to save uh, the living world that they know. Now, Littlefinger is a similar character to Cersei. He has an unsatisfied lust for power as well, uh, except he can only achieve that by marrying Sansa Stark. Uh, his quote-unquote love for Sansa is purely out of selfish means. Uh, he desires the power that comes with a marriage to someone like Sansa. Uh, he pays the ultimate price, though. Uh, he attempts to pit Sansa and Arya against each other in order to come out on top, I guess, uh, but ends up losing his life over it instead. That scene is just incredible. Uh, the setup for it was just perfect. Sansa has Arya come forward to supposedly face her crimes, but it's actually a trap for Littlefinger. Sansa makes it seem like she's putting Arya on trial, but in fact, it's a trial for Littlefinger uh, that she is doing. Uh, it was just just perfect how they shot it, how the script went, how the actors handle it. It was just all perfect. So Sophie Turner, who plays Sansa in the series, was excellent in this moment. Uh, she was fantastic. Uh, and Baelish's uh, shock expression was was so priceless. It's easily one of my favorite moments in this season and probably in the whole series as a whole. John and Daenerys uh, finally meet in this season as well, and it, it's freaking awesome. Immediately, there's this deep connection that we see on screen between the two characters. Uh, Kit Harrington and Amelia Clark have great chemistry together. Uh, it was awesome seeing them bounce off each other throughout the season. Uh, they're still pretty much at the forefront of this story, and that will continue into season eight. Unfortunately, um, things don't really turn out the greatest for the characters, but nothing really does uh, turn out great for these characters in the series. I mean, it's Game of Thrones, home of the Red Wedding and the execution of Sean Bean, a.k.a. Ned Stark. So not a usually a happy ending uh, in this show. A lot of other cool stuff happens throughout the season, like a lot more dragon action, which is great. Drogon is freaking awesome. He massacres Jamie's army in that Spoils Award episode. Uh, we also see Daenerys lose one of her dragons, unfortunately, which is both heartbreaking and cool at the same time because we see the Night King turn Viserion into the undead. Uh, I love that shot of Viserion destroying a part of the wall with his sick blue fire. Uh, Incredible way to end the season. Uh, I remember watching that scene when it aired back in 2017 and just being blown away by it. It was really cool how they did that. 
Um, Jora gets healed, which is an awesome moment as well, but painful scene to watch. Uh, glad to see him join John in the fight against the undead. We actually get a lot of reunions in this season. Uh, the Stark children reunite at Winterfell. Theon and John see each other for the first time in years after what Theon has done. Daenerys and Jorah reunite after he is healed from the grayscale. Uh, Gendry is back in our lives, which is great. The Hound meets up with the Brotherhood once again. Uh, even Brienne and Jamie have a quick reunion uh, during their little meeting in King's Landing about the undead army. Uh, season 7 is pretty much the reunion season that sets up all the chaos that's going to happen in Season 8. Uh, I definitely see Season 7. Uh, with a new set of eyes now. Uh, yeah, I have some issues with it still, like Tyrion creeping on Daenerys and Jon while they fuck. Like, what the hell was that all about? Um, and what's up with Bran being this weird kind of asshole-ish character? Uh, the Three-Eyed Raven before him wasn't like that. It's, it's almost like Bran is possessed or something. It's really weird. Uh, regardless of those negatives, though, I, I still really enjoyed watching this season because there are some really, really awesome moments in it. And I'll break all those down very, very shortly. Uh, but before I get into that episode breakdown, let's take a quick break. On the next new release reaction episode, it's Air Courting a Legend. Join me as we react to Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Chris Tucker, Jason Bateman, and Viola Davis as they build the greatest shoe in sports history, the Air Jordan, only on Cinemac Reviews. All right, let's break down some more episodes of Game of Thrones. Episode one is titled Dragonstone. Again, we're going to be doing standout scenes, favorite quotes, favorite character, least favorite character, and then any negatives or burning questions that I have. And I do have a couple of them. Uh, so first, starting off with this first episode, uh, the first standout scene that I have written down is Arya disguises Walder Frey, poisons the rest of the Frey family. Uh, it's an awesome scene. Uh, I believe originally this wasn't going to be the opening sequence. Uh, I guess the creators really, really loved this scene after they filmed it and said, well, you know what? Let's kick off this season strong with Arya wiping out the house Frey, which is really cool. Uh, like I said in the Game of Facts segment, this was all done practically. Maisie Williams really did wear a Walder Frey mask, uh, and it was just really cool. Uh, she says some really cool lines in there uh, that I'll talk about in the favorite quote segment. Uh, but yeah, just a really, really awesome way to kick off season seven with Arya Stark being the badass that she is, and taking revenge on the phrase for what they did to the Starks during their Red Wedding. Then I have Jon and Sansa butting heads over the fate of the Umbers and Karstarks. I really like this one. Uh, we get to see more of how Jon and Sansa uh, kind of handle being in charge of the North right now. Uh, we get Jon, who is like, I'm not going to start wiping out families. We need them in the... Uh, coming war of the dead and i'm not going to punish these sons and daughters of the lords that betrayed our family you know that i'm not I, he doesn't want to burden the sins of the father with the son which I totally understand but i also see sansa point uh you know sansa emphasizes that hey these houses had loyalty to our family for thousands of years and they broke it um they need to be punished uh they need to be taken out of their homes and replaced with loyal people of the North. And John is like, no, I am not going to pull out 
all these families that have lived in these keeps for centuries just because of one bad egg uh, that happened. So it was really cool just to see the kind of dynamic that John and Sansa show each other as they try to solve the problems of the North and all that. So really, really cool. Then we get the montage of Sam performing tasks around the Citadel, which was a really disgusting yet kind of fun sequence. Uh, we see him cleaning the shit out of bowls, organizing the library, and then serving food to the maesters. Uh, I love how it was shot because eventually it gets so fast to where it, the, the cleaning of the shit bowls and him serving the food in the bowls kind of fuse together. Uh, and you kind of, for a split second, you can't really tell uh, is he cleaning the shit or is he serving shit? It was really cool how they kind of pieced together that montage and sped up the film uh, towards the end of it. And it was just really, really cool. And I can't imagine uh, the uh, the smell of that stuff. You know, it, we get some uh, quick little moments where Sam is about to throw up, basically, because the shit smells so bad. And I just I can't imagine uh, how awful that uh, job would be at the Citadel. Then I have Arya sitting down with Ed Sheeran and other Lannister soldiers. Yes, Ed Sheeran uh, is in Game of Thrones, and it was surprisingly awesome. I remember when this uh, episode aired uh, back in 2017 and being like, holy shit, they got Ed Sheeran to uh, appear on one of these episodes. And he's singing uh, a song that is actually based on a song in the books, I believe. Uh, he himself is a huge Game of Thrones, from my understand, so... And he's pretty much best friends with Maisie Williams, who plays Arya in the show. Uh, so, of course, Ed Sheeran was going to be on the show at some point, And this was a really cool one. I think this is the best way that they could do it. They dressed him up in the Lannister soldier armor. Uh, he's singing around the campfire. Uh, he's, yeah, he's actually a surprisingly good actor. I would, wouldn't mind seeing him in other stuff. Uh, really, really job well done by Ed Sheeran. Uh, great scene as well. You know, we get Arya. Sharing the food, uh, sharing the ale or the wine or whatever it is they have. And she straight up admits to the soldiers that she is going to kill the queen. And they kind of all laugh it off as if she's kind of crazy. But we as an audience know that she was serious in that moment. So I thought that was a really cool scene. Then we have the hound looking into the flames. Uh, interesting scene here. This is actually um, the house that the hound and Arya stayed in when they met that uh father and daughter who shared the food with them uh, unfortunately we get that shot of them dead in the, uh their little bed area uh it appears that the father killed the daughter and then killed himself because of the cold or starvation or a combination of both so really unfortunate uh but this scene where the hound is looking into the flames is really cool because we finally get to see uh standard Kuglain, who is the hound uh, but I just refer to him as a hound because it's just easier for me. Uh, looking into the flame, and he's having this vision of uh, the undead above, uh, beyond the wall, uh, this arrowhead-type mountain. Uh, just really cool that a character like the hound was kind of turned over to the Lord of Light and believing all of this visions and magic stuff. Um, and, of course, he kind of faces his fear with fire, kind of, which was interesting. Uh, as you know, that he has this really, really terrible fear of fire after what his brother did to him when they were young. But great scene there. Then we have the reveal of Jorah at the Citadel. Uh, we get Sam kind of serving the food and taking the serve 
serving food back and we get the uh the arm shooting out of the door with grade scale and we hear the voice and we're like ah that's jora jora ended up finding his way back to westeros to the citadel um and they kind of connect here and yeah it was really cool just to see jora back uh he will become very very important in the coming episodes for sure and then the last scene i have for this episode is daenerys arriving at dragonstone i really really love this moment because of the epic music that's just playing when she is you know touching the sand and looking up the winding steps to dragonstone and she's looking around and just a really, really awesome moment i mean we we'd spend seven seasons now and daenerys is home she is back in westeros at her family home and dragonstone is just really really awesome to finally have all of our characters together in westeros so a few favorite quotes i have for this episode uh a couple from aria during that walder frey uh scene leave one wolf alive and the sheep are never safe and then tell them the north remembers tell them winter came for house frey badass lions from aria then this one from Tormund. looks like where the knights watch now uh they are this is the scene where john has Tormund and the free folk head over to east watch one of the castles uh, at the wall so that was really cool that Tormund is like hey now we're the crows suck it bitches great great line um this line is john quoting ned everything before the word but is horseshit if you remember that ned stark said that in season one episode one i think uh it's really cool to see him quote there and then the last one i have is from daenerys when she's walking into that uh main war room in dragonstone that we saw stannis in a lot and she goes to the head of the table and says shall we begin and then the episode ends right there really badass line there so for this episode my favorite character was definitely Arya stark uh because of that scene where she is disguised as walter frey and poisons the house frey uh just a badass character one of my favorites for sure uh, she will definitely be a favorite character uh in many of these episodes to come because she plays a huge huge role and continues to be the badass that she is and then the least favorite character I, I have for this episode is Littlefinger. Uh, just a really annoying character that is just trying to sink his dirty little claws in Sansa. And I just freaking hate him a lot. So definitely the least favorite of this episode, this season of the show, basically. So moving on to episode two, which is titled Stormborn. The first scene that I have is Daenerys questioning Varys's loyalty to her uh totally totally understand this I mean us as an audience have been questioning his character throughout these seasons for sure uh, I mean him and his little birds are always up to something uh, so it's it makes sense for Daenerys to question him uh, but he ends up uh, winning me over for sure and winning over Daenerys uh, it seems that he is 100% loyal to her uh, even though that um He's probably going to portray her at some point because that's just what the character is. Um, but in this moment, it does seem that he is uh, 100% loyal to her claim to the throne. Uh, but as he says, he is a representative of not the throne of King's Landing, of the ruler, but he is a representative of the people. He will do what he believes in his mind and heart to be the best for the people of Westeros, which is totally understandable. I mean, we need somebody like that in this world. But it may cost him his life. Um, but this was such a really cool scene. 
uh, to see Daenerys kind of telling, uh, questioning Varys uh, like she is one of us as an audience. Because I know for myself, I've always been very, very skeptical of Varys. Uh, him and his little birds, like I said, are always up to something. Uh, I mean, he originally was going to kill Daenerys uh, back when he was on the uh, the council in King's Landing with Joffrey. Uh, so who's to say he doesn't do it again when he doesn't like Daenerys? So great moment there. Then we have Kyburn showing Cersei his plan to take out Daenerys' dragons. Uh, so they go down to the uh, the crypt area or the dungeon area of the Red Keep, and they stumble across all the dragon skulls, which is a really cool moment uh, to really get the scale of how big these things are. You know, they got little Kyburn and little Cersei walking around with these giant dragon skulls laying around. But he comes across this big mechanism that shoots these large bolts out uh, that are dragon-killing bolts. And he tells her that we've seen these dragons get injured, uh, which means that they can be killed. And this is the way to do it. So they dig up, uh, dust off this old uh, dragon-killing mechanism uh, for the fight to come, which is... uh, Really cool to see that, um, but no surprise. I mean, all these fantasy movies have some some kind of Mexican mechanism like this. I don't remember what they're called. It's those giant crossbow-looking things that shoot these large, large bolts out. So, and that'll play a very, very key role in the coming episode, the spoils of war, which is uh, really, really badass scene there. Uh, the next one I have is Grey Worm and Masande finally fucking. Uh, not in the way that you would think, because, uh, of course, uh, Grey Worm is a Munich. He has no stem and berries down there, but he is still able to uh, make love, so to speak, to Masande. Uh, really, really awesome to see their relationship kind of grow more uh, through the physical part. Uh, you can really, really tell that they love each other very, very much, and I am Ben fully team gray worm and Sunday. So it was great to finally see them take the next step in their relationship. Then we have Sam performing the dangerous procedure on Jorah to cure him of grayscale. Awesome scene, but also really, really freaking gross. Um, as you see, we get Sam cutting into the grayscale and this green, yellow looking pus comes out of it. Uh, just really gross. Then you have, of course, Jorah, who is just in agonizing pain i can't imagine how painful that would be to have this this guy cutting into your skin cutting the dead tissue off um wild wild scene uh ian glenn was just perfect in there as he was acting out trying to convey to the audience of how fucking painful this would be and yeah it's any and samuel the actor who i need to look up his name but he was very great as well as he was you could tell on his facial expressions that he is so sorry that he has to hurt Jorah like this but he truly believes that this is the only way to save him so excellent excellent uh scene there then we have john leaving the north in sansa's hands which is an awesome moment uh but i remember seeing this for the first time and being like oh this could cause a problem for john you know sansa uh seems to be a great leader in her own way and who's to say that the north ends up uh backing sansa as the the leader of the north instead of john uh but uh 
yeah, it's still a great moment there. Uh, it's really cool to see how Sansa changed from season one to now season seven of basically running Winterfell. Uh, just really cool. Uh, then the last one we have is Euron attacking Yara and Theon uh, over the sea and their ships. Um, great action sequence here. Uh, we got fire everywhere. You got uh, Ironborn versus Ironborn. Uh, Euron is at the forefront just massacring all these guys. Um, then we get uh, the Sand Snakes versus Euron, which is a great moment. Unfortunately, uh, they both die. Um, brutal ways too. Uh, he just basically hacks them to death, and yeah, and uh, there's a one shot where he uh, basically showcases their death by tying them up to the front of the ship. Um, and then we have Theon leaving Yara captive. Uh, this is a very uh, cool moment as well, but not very shocking because we know the Theon character is a coward. And this scene here really, really emphasizes that where we have Euron uh, holding Yara captive with a knife through her throat. And he's like, come on, come save your sister, you fucking coward. And he says, nope, you're right, I'm a coward. Jumps off the ship and leaves Yara to fend for herself. Uh, yeah, just a really awesome action sequence. Like I said, you got the fire raging around them. You got all the soldiers fighting each other. Uh, sand snakes are still badass, even though they lose. Oh, yeah. So you get that scene down below. And uh, Ilaria, who is uh, Pedro Pascal's uh, Oberyn, his, his wife. And then the youngest uh, daughter is Tahin, I think is how you say it. Uh, she's my favorite of them. Uh, turns out that they get captured captured by uh, Greyjoy, uh, Euron Greyjoy, and kind of alluding to the fact that they are probably in for some rough shit. Um, so, awesome action sequence there. A few quotes that I really stood out to me in this episode. The first one is, All dwarves are bastards in their father's eyes. This is John reading Tyrion's letter out loud. Uh, one of my favorite lines of the show. It's kind of like their secret code to know that this is actually Tyrion talking because this is what he said to him on their way to the wall. So it was really cool uh, to see how still connected that John and Tyrion are after one uh, meeting together. If they can be wounded, they can be killed. This is Kyburn talking to Cersei about the dragons, uh, which I mentioned before. You're a dragon. Be a dragon. This is Lady Tyrell talking to Daenerys. Awesome line there. Touch my sister and I will kill you myself. This is John. Uh, threatening Littlefinger in the Stark Crypt. Badass moment there. I mean, I would do the same thing if that was my sister. And the last one I have is, come on, you cockless coward. This is, of course, Huron yelling at Theon when he has Yara held captive with a knife to her throat. So, great lines there. Favorite character, definitely Daenerys. Uh, I love how she questions Varys' loyalty and how she's starting to get her counsel together with Lady Tyrell. Uh, the Snakes of Dorne, uh, the Ironborn with uh, Yar and Theon. Just a really, really awesome character, how she's really starting to become this uh, force to be reckoned with in Westeros, even though she is what they call a foreign invader, even though she is from Westeros. Uh, just really, really love her. Amelia Clark is awesome. One of my favorites, for sure. And then the least favorite character is Euron Greyjoy. Never really cared for the character. Um, even though the actor is incredible bringing this character to life, I just don't like him. Uh, never did, never will, probably ever, ever, ever. Um, 
yeah, he's just a ruthless, terrible character that you can't really feel for. Uh, he's just, he's like Cersei and Littlefinger, just looking for power, looking for an easy way to rule the world. Uh, but yeah, it's just terrible character. Never liked him. Moving on to episode three, titled The Queen's Justice. First scene I have written down is John and Davos meeting Daenerys' dragons for the first time. I love this. You know, they get the shot of them walking up the winding steps, which is a great scenery there. I would love to, to visit that location in Spain. Uh, but we get, I love this scene because we get the shot of the dragons. I think, believe it's Drogon is the one that does it. Comes swooping down, scaring the shit out of John and Davos. And I love that reaction. You know, we got this badass character that is Jon Snow, and he is terrified of this dragon. Uh, just really, really awesome. The CGI is is incredible as well with these dragons in this show. It's, you can really, really tell that they took their time and used the budget wisely to uh, bring these huge, huge creatures to life. Uh, really, 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 almost always impressed with the with the shots of the dragons. They really took their time uh, to get it right. Then we have the scene where John speaks with Daenerys in the throne room. Uh, great moment here where. Uh, I love the reaction of Kit Harrington when he sees Daenerys for the first time sitting on the throne. And he's like, holy shit. Did not expect her to be that beautiful. She is freaking hot. Um, and he's not wrong. Amelia Clark is a beautiful, beautiful woman. Uh, yeah, just it always sticks out to me the most when you get that shock look in Kit Harrington's eyes as he's like, oh, crap. I did not expect her to be this beautiful. I am in trouble here, Davos. Uh, but, uh, they have really cool exchange of words. Uh, Daenerys, of course, is telling, uh, John that he needs to bend the knee, um, and, uh, accept her as the queen. Uh, John, uh, totally understandably is just like, no, I don't know you. I'm not going to bend the knee to someone that I don't know. My own country has named me king in the north and I have to respect my people, um, but he pleads to her that I need your help. Uh, there is a war raging that is beyond kings, queens, and thrones. Uh, we need to mine Dragonstone for Dragonglass in order to stop the undead. Otherwise, the living will have no place in this world anymore. So just a really awesome scene where we finally get these two uh, characters that have been basically... Uh, at the forefront, like I keep saying it to this series, finally meeting and uh, conversing together. So awesome there. They have great chemistry on screen too, I think. Then we have Euron presenting Ilaria and Tyrion to Cersei in King's Landing. Um, yeah, you can... Lena Hetty is so good in this scene where she's kind of smirking and she's like, oh, I got you now, you little bitch. This is I'm going to make your life a living hell for what you did to my daughter. And as an audience, we're like, yeah, these two are not leaving King's Landing alive. Euron, of course, has Yar with him as well, but he is going to keep her his prisoner. But he's offering Ilaria and her daughter Teen to uh, Cersei as a gift uh, to kind of show the present the idea of maybe them joining together and ruling this world uh, as king and queen. Uh, great moment there. Then we have Cersei poisoning Teen with a long farewell in front of Ilaria. Uh, this is actually the same poison that killed Vasella. Um, 
yeah, this is a fucked up scene. So we get we get uh, Ilaria and Teen uh, chained up on opposite ends of the wall of this little uh, prison room. Uh, but they were really smart in how the chains work. So like if one goes forward, they can't quite touch each other. You know, we we get that shot of them both coming at each other, but they can't touch each other because they, they measured out the space so long to just really punch them in the mouth. And like, you will never be able to uh, touch, touch your daughter. Uh, you're just gonna have to sit there and watch her slowly, slowly die, which I'm sure she does. We never do uh, check back with them, but it is assumed that they both will die eventually. Um, yeah, it's just really, really fucked up seeing how they set this up. Then we have Bran and Mira arriving at Winterfell. Uh, some more awesome music kicks in. I love all the music when the when they all when the Starks reunite together. Uh, yeah, just a really awesome moment to get uh, Sansa seeing Bran for the first time since all this chaos has happened throughout the years. Then we have Jorah being healed of Grayscale. Awesome moment there. We have that uh, Archmaester who is. Uh, you probably recognize him from Harry Potter as Professor Slughorn. Really cool to see him in this show as well. Uh, you know, he's got his little stick that he's kind of checking all the wounds. Uh, he's kind of giving Sam shit for disobeying him, but also showing that he is very, very impressed with Sam's work. Uh, he managed to save a life with this dangerous procedure. Um, yeah, it's just a really awesome moment that we get Jorah is healed and back in action, uh, and he will play a pivotal role in the war to come for sure then we have the unsullied attacking castle rock but are unfortunately tricked by jamie uh really awesome because we get that line uh, i'm going to step on favorite quotes here but that line from Tyrion: give me 10 good men and i'll impregnate the bitch uh, of course referring to uh, castle rock being so impenetrable uh because of the way it's designed and the way the men hold that for years um but yeah, so Jamie basically tricks uh, the Unsullied. Uh, the Unsullied kind of sneak in uh, and take over Castle Rock, but it turns out that most of the forces are headed to Highgarden to Lady Tyrell in order to basically annihilate that house, finally. Um, yeah, so it was just basically a ploy. It was to keep uh, the Unsullied uh, preoccupied while they sneak to Highgarden and kill Lady Tyrell. Um, and then that'll lead to the next scene that I have is Jamie poisoning Lady Tyrell. Uh, awesome moment here. This is where we kind of figured she was behind it to begin with. Um, but she admits that she was the one that poisons Joffrey at the wedding. Um, really kind of sticking the knife at Jamie. You can tell by his expression that he is pretty pissed off, but he keeps his cool uh, and kind of just, you know, slides her the wine glass and, and says, take this. Uh, you can either die bloody or you can die peacefully with the poison. Um, I was really uh, expecting Jamie to just say fuck it and stab her in the heart when he heard that she was the one to kill Joffrey. But he kept his cool, though, surprisingly. And he just like, it doesn't matter. She's going to die. Uh, it's over. Me's kind of, I probably would have gutted her. But that's just me. Um, but it was interesting to see him keep his cool, really showing how the uh, character has kind of changed. Uh, but yeah, 
awesome scene there to get that finally that closure into that whole subplot of who killed Joffrey. Some favorite quotes that I have. Uh, I brought ice and fire together. This is Melisandre, of course, talking about John and Daenerys. Badass line there. I have to die in this strange country, just like you. This is Melisandre speaking to Varys. Uh, this will this line will be very very important uh, in the coming episodes. I that's why I wrote it down to my favorite because I know what is about to happen and what this quote means. So it was really cool to rewatch that. You wouldn't be here if you tried. This is the Ironborn talking to Theon about how he claims he tried to save Yara, but they're like, bullshit, if you would have actually tried, you would have died. So, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> kind of a... Yeah, it's it's a great fuck you line to Theon. Fight every battle, everywhere, in your mind. This is Littlefinger kind of counseling Sansa on how to uh, handle life and, and all that. Hate the character, but I gotta admit that's a that's a pretty good pretty good line there. Good advice. Uh, you gotta have to be prepared for everything. Give me ten good men and I'll impregnate the bitch. Like I said, this was Tyrion quoting Braun about how to handle Castle Rock. And then this last one from Lady Tyrell, right before she dies by Jamie. He really was a cunt, wasn't he? Of course, talking about Joffrey. Uh, it's just a great way to go out, you know, basically dissing. Your murderous son who was a piece of shit. I just love it. Favorite queer character. Uh, I really wanted to put Lady Tyrell in this. Uh, but I'm going to go with Jon Snow. Because of uh, his his big old monologue about how he can't bend the knee because he's loyal to his people in the north. Uh, but you can tell that he kind of he respects Daenerys a lot. Uh, both for her mind and her beauty, of course. Uh, his reaction to the dragons. I uh, just really, really loved all of his scenes with Daenerys. Uh, so he's just, he's definitely my favorite. But at a close second, it's Lady Tyrell for the way she handled Jamie attacking Highgarden. And then least favorite character is Cersei Lannister. Don't fucking like her. Um, I mean, she killed the Snakes, uh, who I really love. I love the House Martell characters. Uh, yeah, she's just a horrible character. Her and Euron deserve each other, for sure. Next up, episode four, The Spoils of War. First scene I have is Mira and Bran kind of saying goodbye to each other. This is a really awkward scene here. Uh, this is where I really start to not like the Bran character. Like I said, he's possessed or something. He's just really weird as a three-eyed raven. You have Mira, who's trying to be sympathetic and compassionate and showing her love for him that hey i love you i've been here this entire time with you on this journey but i have to go back home to my family uh because the world is going to probably end uh and brand's kind of like okay goodbye whatever and she's kind of like what the fuck dude uh that's all you have to say i mean we spent all that time in the cave together i carried your ass to the wall um yeah it's just a really awkward scene here of them saying goodbye and and it's because bran is just a weird fucking character now that he's a three-eyed raven i, I, I honestly liked him better before uh, it's just really weird how they made him this possessed robot of a three-eyed raven just really weird then we have aria being denied entry into winterfell i wrote this down because these two guards are just dumb shits really showing how they need to buff up security in winterfell i mean they have these two idiots manning the gate um 
yeah, it's just and Arya is just sick of the shit. Uh, yeah, these these two guards are just complete idiots. That's that's why I like it because yeah, it's just such a dumb, dumb, dumb people to guard Winterfell. I don't know what else to say. I just it cracks me up every time I watch this scene, seeing how stupid these guys are. Then we have Arya and Sansa reuniting in the crypt, which is awesome. I love these little reunions, reunions that were getting sprinkled in, uh, especially these two uh, characters that are uh, seem to be kind of at odd en- odds ends, uh, kind of butting heads like sisters do at the beginning of the show. But now that they're been through all this shit and they're reunited, they're they're really bonding. Uh, as sisters so that was a really awesome moment then we have john showing daenerys the cave of dragon glass uh, along with the paintings that were done by the children of the forest i love this scene here uh the set design was really cool how they're kind of going through these narrow passageways to see how much dragon glass there really is and then john showing daenerys all these paintings of children of the forest teaming up with the men against the army of the dead you know kind of really driving the point that hey we need to band together in order to survive like they did. We need to fight as one against the undead. So awesome moment. More bonding for sure between John and Daenerys, which I love. Then we have Arya training with Brienne with, while Sansa watches. Uh, I remember this scene blowing up on social media when it aired. Um, one of my favorite moments for sure in the series. Arya is just showing off her, her fighting skills that she learned throughout the years being away in Bravos, just hands Brienne her ass. She she's moving all around. She's got needle. She's fucking showing off. And Sansa is just shocked, but kind of impressed as well uh, at what her sister has become. She's become this fucking weapon, this force to be reckoned with. Um, just a great moment. Uh, we get that, that uh, movement where, Brienne seems to have her on the ropes, but she does this cool maneuver with her knife where she's flipping it around and she gets it up to Brienne's throat. And it was just really awesome. All the choreography was incredible. Maisie William was great. Uh, Gwendolyn Christie, of course, who plays Brienne, is just a badass in this show. I just really love the choreography that they have done with these two characters. Then we have John reunite with Theon on that beach. Uh, At first, she kind of like... John gonna beat the shit out of Theon, but he holds his holds his anger in and says, "Hey, the only reason I'm not killing you right now is because I heard what you did for Sansa, and thank you." Uh, and you have Theon who's just trying to plead with John, like, "Hey, I know I fucked up. Can you forgive me? Uh, I just I want to help." Uh, it's just really powerful moment to see these two guys reuniting after all these years and all the shit that they have dealt with. Then the last scene I have is Daenerys and the Dothraki attacking Jaime's armor army after they took over Highgarden. Uh, awesome action sequence here. We get a lot of dragon action, which is great. I love all the shots in this of Drogon and Daenerys riding her. Uh, Drogon comes down and destroys all the all the loot that they took from Highgarden. He burns all the soldiers. Um, and then we get this awesome showdown between Bronn and Drogon. Bronn, of course, is using that mechanism that Kyburn uh, found in the in the dungeons of King's Landing, and he's loading up these bolts, and he's trying to shoot Drogon, and he actually hits Drogon in one of the wings, causing him to crash down and making Daenerys uh, vulnerable. But Drogon, being the badass son that he is, protects his mother 
by uh, shooting the fire out at Jamie. But uh, at the very last second, Braun comes in and shoves his ass into the water. And that's the last shot we get of the episode of Jamie floating down into the water, which is a really, really cool shot. I remember when this episode aired and being kind of surprised and not exactly sure how they were going to go with this. You know, was Jamie dead? Uh, was he alive? You know, it's, I love this action sequence. There's so much chaos and destruction in it. Really cool to see the Lannisters just get their hand, their asses handed to them by one dragon. You know, she has three, remember? This is just Drogon fucking up all these soldiers. Just awesome action sequence. Uh, favorite quotes? Uh, Did the Lady of Thorns give you one last prick in the balls? This is Braun to Jamie. I chuckle every time I hear that. You died in that cave. This is Mira when they were, she's saying goodbye to Bran. I mean, she's not wrong. Uh, Bran is definitely not Bran anymore. He, the one, the the Bran that she loves and that we know is dead. He is no longer existing. His body is now taken over by this being called the Three-Eyed Raven. And now he's just kind of a vessel for this thing. You're not different. You're just more of the same. This is John the Daenerys. Uh, this is where he's kind of counseling Daenerys. Um, she's like, do I, what do I do? Do I, you know, do the smart? Do I come in hot with my dragons? And John's like, hey, um, if you go around burning cities, you are not helping. You are just causing, you're adding to the chaos. You know, you're, you're Cersei 2.0. You're Cersei with dragons. And he's like, you can't be that. You have to be something else. And But unfortunately, she says, fuck it. And she goes in hot with Drogon and just massacres Jamie's army. Uh, <laughs> I love this quote, too, from Davos. I noticed you staring at her heart. Uh, kind of implying that John was not thinking solely with his head, but with his head up top and his head below. Which, I mean, you can't blame the dude. Amelia Clark is beautiful, beautiful woman. Uh, yeah, you can't really blame him for kind of staring that way at her. What did you? What you did for her is the only reason I'm not killing you. This, of course, is John threatening Theon on the beach when they reunite. Love it. Men shit before they die. Of course, Bronn talking about the reality of war once again. And then we have Bronn kind of talking to himself. When he has his eyes locked in on Drogon with the bolt. Come on, you fucker. I just, I love that line. Uh, Jerome Flynn is such a badass in this episode. Speaking of Braun, favorite character, of course, is Braun. I mean, he, like I said, he's just a badass in this episode. Uh, the way he's fighting and just going up against this big ass dragon and ultimately winning. You know, he, like, he sh strikes Drogon with one of the bolts in the wings. Uh, and then he saves Jamie right at the last second before he is burned to a crisp. So definitely my favorite of the episode. And then least favorite is, of course, Littlefinger, who is still just creeping on Sansa uh, from time to time. We get those shots of him walking around Winterfell, kind of creeping, creeping on Sansa, figuring out he, how he can uh, basically brainwash her and convince her that he loves her and wants to marry her and they can rule Westeros together. I just hate the character so much. Next, we have episode five, which is titled East Watch. First scene I have is Daenerys burning Randall and Dickon Tarly. 
Uh, thank God that that piece of shit Randall is dead. I know it's Sam's brother and father, but terrible, terrible characters. Maybe not Dick on so much. Uh, he's just kind of an idiot for siding with his dad, which I understand loyalty to your family, to your father. But even Randall is like, dude, you're being a fucking idiot. Live. You're the last one in our family. Even Daenerys mentions it. He goes, D Daenerys is like, I have no desire to annihilate an entire house. I just want to teach your father a lesson. But Dickon, being the loyal son, is like, fuck no. If you're going to kill my father, you got to kill me too. So she's like, all right, you guys are done. We get the uh, shot of them standing there in front of Drogon. Daenerys says her thing, you know, Dracarys. And he roasts them alive uh, like the idiots that they are. Thank God that Randall Tarly is dead. Absolutely fucking hate that character. Then we have John petting Drogon, which is an awesome moment. Uh, we get that shot of Kit Harrington taking off his glove, you know, slowly making his way to Drogon's face. And Drogon lets him, um, which is really cool. And Daenerys, as you can see, Amelia Clark does a great way of expressing how impressed and shocked she is that Drogon is letting John touch him, letting him pet him seeing him as a friend and kind of gets this idea of, oh, maybe this John guy is more awesome than I thought he was. You know, they kind of really this moment here really sparks that chemistry with them. Uh, yeah, it's just really awesome moment there. Then we have Tyrion meeting with Jamie uh, about an audience from Cersei. Uh, great to see these two characters reuniting again really showing that they still love each other as brothers even though that Tyrion killed their dad um so yeah he's Tyrion, uh, Tyrion's basically pleading to Jamie like you got to convince her to uh to hold this hold this meeting with with Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen because we this is some important shit that we need to discuss and Jamie's like all right I'll do my best but I wouldn't hold my breath uh great just another great reunion here and we have Arya following Littlefinger around Winterfell. Uh, yeah, I just when I first saw this episode, I didn't know exactly what was going on, but turns out this is kind of what gets the ball rolling with Littlefinger trying to pit Sansa and Arya together. But Arya is already ten steps ahead of him; she is uh, following him. But turns out that he is another ten steps ahead of her because we get that shot of him watching her follow him. It was kind of it was crazy how this all worked but basically we get these we get these two sneaky characters sneaking around wonderful sneaking on each other uh just crazy then we have john and the gang heading out beyond the wall i love the shot of them opening the gate of east watch slowly walking out uh we get the awesome music rolling in and get that shot of them walking out you know like holy shit we're gonna we're gonna do this we're going to capture a freaking White Walker to take to Cersei. Um, just a, gets you really, really hyped for the next episode. I love it. Only have a couple quotes here. Uh, beautiful, aren't they? Says Daenerys. And then John replies, that's not the word I would use. <laughs> Basically <laughs> saying what we all were. Like, yeah, that's not the first word that comes to mind. And Daenerys is kind of like shocked. Like, oh, really? Uh, I'm warning you, I'm not a fighter. I love Davos's honesty, especially when it comes to fighting, because he is not a fighter, and he's not ashamed to admit it. He's just being honest. Love him. 
Uh, but this next quote I really freaking love from Davos. Nothing fucks you harder than time. I'm 29, almost 30, and I really relate to this quote. You know, he's right. Nothing does fuck you harder than time. Time is a bitch. Uh, but it's something we have to live with. And yeah, it's I just really love it. Then the last one I have is from Tormon and the big woman. This is when John and them arrive and he's kind of asking who's all here. And he's the first thought of is like, where's Brienne? Where's the big woman? I want the big woman. His his attraction, his love, his obsession with Brienne is is hilarious. Favorite character is actually Gendry in this. We get the return of Gendry, which is awesome. Uh, Davos finds him in King's Landing, where he's a blacksmith again, forging armor. Um, then he kind of convinces him, like, hey, we, uh, we're fighting the undead. We need your help. We need some skilled people. And Gendry's like, all right, let's do this. But I'm not using a sword. I'm using this badass hammer. Uh, and this thing is awesome. Uh, he, down at the beach where the ship is, he just annihilates these Lannister soldiers like they're nothing with this big ass hammer. It's, I love the design of it. If you look very closely, there is a Baratheon stag on there, you know, really kind of showing how he has embraced his heritage, his family. He is Gendry Baratheon, even though he's a bastard. Um, yeah, I just love Gendry. I love seeing him back. Uh, and he will, uh, of course, play a big part in the next season for sure. And then least favorite character again is Cersei Lannister. Freaking hater. Uh, just even though Lena Hedy is so good in this show, I just absolutely hate the Cersei character for sure. Next is episode six, Beyond the Wall. So most of this episode takes place, uh, like the title suggests, Beyond the Wall. Uh, but there are sprinkles of other uh, shots like Arya and Sansa at Winterfell. But mainly this episode is about uh, John and the gang going up against the Night King Beyond the Wall, which is awesome. Definitely one of my favorite episodes of this season. So the first uh, scene I have is John giving Longclaw back to Jorah. But Jorah says, nope, my father gave it to you. I disowned my family. This sword belongs to you. Um, and John's like, okay, respect. Uh, we'll keep it. Uh, just a great moment there where Jorah is really, uh, is really, he looks at the sword as if he like wishes that he could have it, but he's just like, I can't take it. You know, I was basically kicked out of my house, disowned by my father, and he gave it to you for a reason. Like, this belongs to you. Uh, it's just a great moment between John and Jorah and they start to talk about how John respected his father and how he honored him and, and all that stuff. Uh, just a great moment between these two characters. Then we have Arya confronting Sansa about the letter she wrote in season one. Uh, really starting to kick the kick the ball around where Littlefinger is uh, pitting these two sisters against each other. Um, at first, it seems like so this this kind of subplot always confused me because I don't know when their um, trick on Littlefinger begins. Uh, I think from the very beginning this is they had this plan, but this scene here really was really convincing. Like it really seems that Arya is pissed off at Sansa, but I don't know. This is it's really it's always confused me, and 
I bring this up all the time with with uh, people I work with and my friends who are fans of the show as well, and and they've always been kind of confused too on like when exactly um, this Arian Sansa um, kind of formed this plan to trick Littlefinger into thinking that they are pitting against each other. I mean, maybe it's this scene. Uh, I'm not sure, but yeah, this always kind of confused me uh, on how they uh, started this this trick and then in the next episode they they execute their plan to take out Littlefinger uh, but still a great scene seeing Arya and Sansa kind of butting heads for sure then we have Jon and the rest of the gang being attacked by this undead bear which is freaking wild uh, we get the shot of Beric I love how Beric and the priest do the flaming sword thing you know they, they draw their swords and they put their, their one hand up and they, they do the motion of moving their hand up as if lighting the fire themselves with their hands. It's, I love it when they do that. Um, and then they fight this freaking undead bear. Uh, and then unfortunately the priest uh, gets chewed up alive and then eventually dies later on in the episode. But awesome, but brutal, brutal fucking sequence there. And then our heroes uh, actually capture a white, uh, which is what the, they accomplish their mission. Uh, but now, uh, they get surrounded by the Night King's army and are forced to kind of hold the ground there while Gendry runs back to Eastwatch to uh, get some help. Uh, yeah, it's just a really, really tense scene. And then when Gendry is running around, we get the big um, fight between John, the Hound, and the rest of them versus the uh, the Night King's army. We get that that shot of the Hound throwing the rocks at the whites uh but he ends up screwing things up by throwing the rock not quite there and showing uh the army that the the lake is frozen that they can walk on it so then they move forward and that's where the chaos starts to happen you know get all these whites coming after them and they're they're all in this tiny little they're on this tiny little uh hill ice rock thing and fighting off all these whites and then this is where the priest eventually dies uh, from his wounds. Uh, just a crazy action sequence here. I love all the uh, the choreography and the special effects that went into the army. And then, of course, Beric using his flaming sword, which is freaking awesome. I love that. And then at the very last second, Daenerys arrives with dragons. Uh, we get the awesome shots of Drogon coming down, just setting ablaze. The entire army i love how the fire is hitting the ice and the ice is melting up in the air just really awesome how they shot that and then unfortunately the night king sees this pulls out this giant fucking ice spear that he just happens to have on his horse and throws it at Viserion, killing him and crashing him down into the lake uh below and we get that slow shot of him dead and then kind of sinking in underneath the water and daenerys is just mortified she is heartbroken that this is her child that she just watched die um then the night king pulls out another fucking ice spear tries to kill drogon but Dar daenerys is able to dodge it um but unfortunately john is left behind we get that awesome sequence of him uh yelling at daenerys to go he's he's fighting the whites himself he's just showing him the brutality and anger that he has towards his army. Daenerys is like worried that he's going to die. Uh, but 
uh, to his luck, uh, Uncle Benjamin arrives one last time and saves his ass with his cool little flaming chain thing that he whips around. Uh, but Uncle Benjamin dies. It is confirmed by the actor in interviews afterwards that this is the end. This is where he dies. There is no coming back for Uncle Benjamin. Um, and then we get John arriving back at Eastwatch where Daenerys is relieved to see him. But that that whole sequence where Daenerys and Drogon are just annihilating this army is, is freaking awesome. And to see one of her dragons that we have known throughout these entire series died. She is now only has two dragons. And it's just really crazy how powerful this Night King dude really is. Then we have Sansa fighting Arya's faces. Um, she's got like three freaking faces in there. It's crazy. Um, and she's just mortified by this. I love Sof- Sophie Turner's reaction to finding these these rubber masks and just wondering. And you got Arya being kind of a creeper where she walks in and it's like, you want to play a little game? This is a game that I played in Bravos when I was learning the faces. Um, yeah, just another great scene where Sansa and Arya are kind of button heads. Uh, but... It seems that this maybe this is the spot where uh, they start to form this plan against Littlefinger. I'm not exactly sure. Like I said, it, this whole subplot with Sansa and Arya versus Littlefinger, it, it confuses me. I have to watch it a couple more times uh, to actually know, figure out where, or maybe it happens behind the camera. I'm not exactly sure. It's just really confusing. But still really cool to see Sansa and Arya kind of, Letting it all out on the table, you know, Sansa is really trying to understand what Arya went through and what what her plan is with these faces. She's just shocked. I love it. Then the final scene of this episode, we get the Night King resurrecting Viserion. Um, we have the shot of the Whites, you know, using this big ass chain, dragging dragging him out of the water, and then he's you know touching him, and then we get that shot of his eye opening, and it's blue instead of. I think the color was red, I think, before, but now it's this blue, kind of signifying that he is, Viserion is part of the Undead Army, which is fucking nuts that he was able to turn a dragon into his army, which is freaking crazy. Got a couple of quotes here. Gingers are beautiful, were kissed by fire. This is Tormon. I think it was, oh, who was it? The Hound was giving Tormund shit. But being a ginger or something like that. And so this was his reply, which is fucking perfect. Gingers are beautiful. We're kissed by fire. I love it. Lord of light, come to us in our darkness, for the night is dark and full of tears. Love that line there. Barrick is an awesome character. We'll meet again, Kilgain, says Barrick. And the hound replies, I fucking hope not. I mean, you gotta you gotta relate to the hound. He's he's sick of all this shit. Every time he meets the Brotherhood, it's just fucking chaos and death and all that. He's just, he's tired. I totally understand that. He's been through some shit himself. And the last one I have is, how about my queen? This is John talking to Daenerys when he's in bed. Uh, kind of signifying that he has bent the knee. But like he says, I bend the knee, but I'm kind of in bed right now. Uh, so yeah, great line there. Favorite character for sure is Beric Dondarrion. He was a badass. Like I keep saying, I love his flaming sword trick that he does to take on the undead. Really awesome. Just a great character. Love him. Least favorite character, of course, is the Night King. I mean, he kills my dude for Syrian. Uh, he's just a 
powerful, fucking nasty character that is just really showing that he can't be stopped. Uh, I mean, he resurrects a fucking dragon if it's part of his undead army. He's just, ah, hate it. Hate it. Then we have the final episode, episode seven, which is titled The Dragon and the Wolf. So the first scene I have written down is John, Tyrion, Daenerys, Davos, the Hound, Tormund, and Bran meet with Cersei and Jaime in this dragon pit looking arena thing. Um, Brienne is there on behalf of Sansa. Uh, so they bring over the white that they captured beyond the wall, trying to convince Cersei and Jamie that this whole Game of Thrones does not matter. We, the only thing that matters is the Great War, the war between the living and the dead. Um, Jamie is shocked and he's like, holy shit, this is real. Uh, we need to uh, do something about this. Euron uh, is even more shocked and is like, okay, fuck it. This is where I draw the line. Um, I'm taking my fleet. I'm going back to the Iron Islands. And I'm going to weigh this out, you know, because he, he gets that line of, can they can they swim? And John's like, no, they can't. He's like, all right, light bulb. Fuck all you. I'm taking my ship ships and going back to the islands waiting out this and you guys can have fun with this shit because we don't want anything to do this we will rule what is left over um really showing how big of a fucking coward he is but i guess i understand i mean it's an undead um but the dude's a fucking bitch um definitely hate him then we have and then cersei's kind of cersei's a little tougher it looks like she she's not really shocked but she's kind of like She's so blind with this power and this desire to keep Darren throne that she's willing to say no. You know, she's like, fine, if you want my help, you need to bend the knee now and swear loyalty to me as your queen. Uh, John's like, no, because I'm already loyal to Daenerys. Uh, I can't do that. Um, and Daenerys is kind of like pleading with him, like, why the fuck would you say that? Just fucking lie for once. And John's like, no, I'm not going to be a liar. I uh, I have to be honest and true to what I believe, and I believe in you, Daenerys. It's a really great moment between them. Tyrion, with one last ditch effort, meets with Cersei alone, trying to uh, have a heart-to-heart -heart with his sister. Uh, I guess she agrees to help. Uh, but in the back of your mind in the audience, you're like, yeah, she's crossing her fingers on this one. She ain't going to fucking help. Uh, but Jamie, on the other hand, gets his, this is where we get that little mini reunion with Brienne as well. Uh, Jamie seems to be wanting to help them out against the dead, of course. Really showing how the two different, how Cersei and Jamie are really, really different. Uh, I love that. Then we have Theon and Jon making peace. Uh, great moment here. Uh, I mean, they're going to, they have really have no choice. Um, he needs the ironborn. He needs their help against the dead. So he's willing to bury the hatchet for what he did to, to the Starks and kind of thanking him for saving Sansa, which is, I guess, more important in the end. So just a great moment there between these two characters who you would think, would just fucking hate each other, but Theon is just broken, and he's basically what he got what he deserved. I mean, he got his dick cut off. I mean, the dude has paid his price. Uh, he didn't really kill Rickon 
Rickon or Bran. All he really did was take over Winterfell. Um, but in a way, he kind of is behind why Sansa went through what she did with Ramsay because him taking over Winterfell opened the door for the Boltons to take over. So I, it's a messy situation, but it's it's cool to see the character of John really become more than just about revenge. You know, he he's looking he's looking at the bigger picture, which is like we need every able bodied man and woman to fight the dead, and I'm willing to bury the hatchet to uh, make peace with this guy that took over my home. So just a great moment there. Then we have Sansa and Arya tricking Littlefinger and then killing his ass. Love this moment here. I love Sophie Turner in this, the way she... Uh, I have this in favorite quotes where she goes, where she orders uh, Arya to come forth to face the charges. And she goes, how do you answer these charges? But she pauses, looks over at Lord Bajos and says, Lord Baelish. And the shock on Littlefinger's face is freaking priceless. We have Arya kind of smirking like, we got you now, you little fucker. And he's backed into the corner here. He's he's trying to talk his way out of it. He's he's on his knees pleading. Uh, and Sansa's just sick of his shit. You know, he she bring, she charges him with murdering John Aaron, murdering Liza, uh, basically being a an asshole for leaving her with the Boltons. And Arya comes up behind him and slits his throat. And I couldn't be more happier to see this piece of shit dead. Uh, easily my one of my favorite moments of the entire series. Definitely of this season. Littlefinger is finally fucking dead and out of our lives forever. Then we have Jamie leaving Cersei to fight the dead. Which is the right reason, I think. Uh, he's Cersei can honestly rot in her fucking castle by herself for the rest of their days. Because... Fucking hate the character. Stepping on least favorite character. She is my least favorite character this episode because she is a complete fucking idiot. Um, and yeah, it's just I'm really I love Jamie when he's away from Cersei. Cersei is so toxic to Jamie, and it really degrades the character for sure. And I just I love him when he's when he's with Braun or he's with Brienne or even when he's with Tyrion. I love the Jamie character there. Cersei just poison him and she is poison and and i'm glad that jamie decided to say fuck you i'm going to help our brother and save this world then we have san sam and bran kind of discovering together with putting all the knowledge that they have uh through bran's visions and all the readings that sam has discovered uh and they kind of pull together and they tell us the truth about john john Turns out to be the legitimate son of Daenerys' brother Rhaegar and Ned's Stark sister Lyanna. They apparently were married in secret. Um, they were in love, even though the the world is led to believe that she was kidnapped by Rhaegar and raped. But in fact, that they fell in love, married in secret, and had a child, which was John. He is actually not a bastard. He is Aegon Targaryen, the true heir to Iron Throne. And when we hear this, we're like, oh, shit. Daenerys is going to freak the fuck out uh, when she finds out. 
And at the same time, we have Daenerys and John finally fucking. Um, so this was a big controversial scene when this episode aired. Knowing the knowledge that we have now, so Daenerys is technically John's aunt. John is fucking his aunt. Granted, I can, I, I'm in the category where I kind of defend this here. So Daenerys and John don't know that they're related. Um, they just know that they have this big connection. Um, they love each other. Uh, they they're they have really great chemistry. So they're acting on it. They're you know which totally understand. But now that we know that they're aunt and nephew, it's it's fucking weird. But it's not that weird. I mean, we've had seven seasons of brother and sister fucking. You know, Cersei, Jamie, ring a bell. Um, so I'm in the I'm in the category where I kind of defend this. You know, Targaryens have been known to, for incest for centuries. You know, their their blood is pure because, you know, they're if you've seen House of Dragon, you know this, um, and all and everything we've heard about the Targaryens. You know, they're. It's it's nothing new. We shouldn't be shocked about this. Yeah, the John character is probably one of the peers characters in the show. So when he finds out, it's probably going to cause some kind of rift between him and Daenerys in season eight, which I'll talk about a lot during that season. But this moment here, I'm totally fine with. What I'm not okay with, and this is in the negative segment, but I'm just going to talk about it now. We get that shot of Tyrion creeping on them while they're fucking. That's the problem I have with this scene. Why was that in here? Why is Tyrion standing underneath these stairs? I think the door is shut. But he's he knows what's going on behind that door. And he's just fucking standing there staring at the door. Listening to them fuck. And it's just... It's it's weird. that We did not need that. We It would have been fine with the shot of Daenerys and Jon in bed. We didn't need this little little side thing of Tyrion creeping on them while they fuck. It's just weird. We didn't need that scene. That's my issue with this scene. Not the not the fact that Daenerys and Jon are on an FU. It's just it's the fact that Tyrion is being a fucking creep here. It's it's weird. I never liked that scene at all. Then the final scene we got is the Night King destroying part of the wall with his new dragon Viserion. Awesome fucking shot. We get Viserion, we get the Night King riding Viserion around, you know, using his blue flame to to melt the ice of the wall. I, I just fucking love this shot. It's one of my favorite shots of the show of him flapping his wings midair, just melting the wall down with his blue fire. It's such a fucking awesome scene. I would love a poster of that on my wall. It's It's freaking cool. So that is season seven. Uh, great way to leave it on a cliffhanger. Awesome way to end this wild, wild season for sure. Uh, some favorite quotes. Maybe it really is all about Cox in the end. Uh, we get that kind of monologue from Braun about how uh, I wouldn't be fighting in this war if I didn't have a cock. I mean, what else is there to live for? And they kind of go back and forth and Jamie's like, huh, might have a point. Maybe it is all about Cox in the end. Just love it. Uh, you are a Greyjoy and you are a Stark. This is where John and Theon kind of make peace. John's like, yeah, you did some fucked up shit, but you're still a Greyjoy, but you were raised as Stark. So you are representing both houses. So just an awesome line there. How do you answer these charges? 
Lord Baelish, Sophie Turner, lover in this moment. Uh, I mentioned it already about how they trick Littlefinger into that. I just really love how Sophie Turner uh, acted in this scene, presented this line here. It's just great. Then the last one I have is he's never been a bastard. He's the heir to the Iron Throne. This is Bran talking with Sam about the true, the truth behind John, and just really cool to finally uh, know everything. You know, John is now Aegon. He is he is not a bastard. He is the true heir to the Iron Throne. Awesome. Favorite character in this episode definitely Arya Stark for, of course slicing Littlefinger's throat open. Fucking awesome. Love her. She needed to be the one to do it. I'm glad she was the one. And then, like I said, least favorite character was Cersei Lannister. And then the negative I had was fucking the Tyrion creeping on Daenerys and Jon while they fuck, which is just weird. Uh, So yeah, so that's season seven. Absolutely loved it. Uh, I have more, a lot more respect for it. Now, rewatching it for like the fifth time. Uh, Awesome moments there, like the Night King resurrecting Viserion and destroying the wall with the cool blue frame. We get the giant fight between Jon and the rest of the gang against the undead beyond the wall. We get the death of Littlefinger. We get the death of Lady Tyrell. We get the Spoils of War episode with the giant dragon massacre with Jamie. It's just filled with awesome moments. Um, and I'm just... Yeah, I'm really surprised how much I love this season now. And it's definitely creeping up into the rankings for sure, which I will talk about on next episode, which is the last episode. Um, I'll be breaking down season eight of Game of Thrones next week. Well, that'll do it for this week's Game of Thrones episode. Like I said, join me next time for the final episode of the Game of Thrones season here on Cinematic Views. I'll be breaking down all six episodes of season eight also check out new release reactions every week on the show next up i'll be reacting to air courting a legend which stars matt damon ben affleck chris tucker jason bateman and viola dalis later everyone